0: Hey, everyone. Dr. Tim and Hillary here for another version of Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. How are you doing this morning, Hillary?
1: Doing good. Sitting here, got my cup of coffee, just finished dosing my big tank with Waste Away. I'm ready to talk about being prepared for emergencies.
0: Yes, that's the topic today, everyone. Being prepared for emergencies. And when you think about it, no matter where you live, there's probably some natural disaster that's going to strike. And we're going to talk about how to prep your aquarium f- when you know something's coming, or you they tell you you to plan that something's happening. And then what happens when it's actually upon you, and then afterwards. So yes. let's get started.
1: All right. So just like a list of some of the ones. And as I went through this list originally, I I thought about more. So, you know, fires, the big one that comes to mind right now is hurricanes. Elsa just made her way through Florida and up the coast. Also floods that, you know, come with some of these. Tornadoes, not so much in the summer that you're going to see cold spells, but definitely heat waves for sure. Um, I know that's something that I personally have dealt with in the last two months in Vegas. It gets very, very hot. So being prepared for all of
0: these. Setting heat records in Vegas, breaking all the records.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And there's also ice storms. And uh, nowadays, here in Southern California, they get proactive. We get our high winds that always come in the fall. And because that can generate down power lines, what the utilities are doing in some cases is they turn off the power proactively. So the power lines haven't gone down, but they could go down. And uh, both my office and house are in areas that they've determined are pretty high risk areas. So they just turn the power off. Wow. Wow. yeah yeah. so that's a whole (laughs) new twist they just started doing this last year and people are not happy it was off for three days at one stretch
1: what oh gosh
0: so what do you do with all that right yeah so the 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 other thing that we get out here a lot is earthquakes and unlike many of the other types of natural disasters you don't know an earthquake's coming Uh, It just it just hits. But for hurricanes and uh, ice storms and and heat, there's, you know, and so you can prepare and the in general with all these, what's going to happen? You're going to lose power. And that means you're going to lose water movement and aeration. And that's what you have to think about most is you need to keep air in the water because obviously that's what keeps your organisms alive and so you have to keep air in and figure out how to add air and also minimize what's consuming the air because as we'll discuss it's not just your fish and corals that are consuming oxygen out of your water your bacteria consume a lot of oxygen and produce things that you'd rather not have them produce while you don't have any filtration.
1: Yes, that's definitely something important to note. You know, it's interesting when I was kind of doing a little bit of prep work for this, um, one of the things that I read online was um, feeding your fish, like especially some of these things that, you know, if you know they're coming, like, I mean, You might know if it's going to be windy that there's a chance of a power outage, but not feeding as much or, you know, not feeding your tank at all is one of the things that I read. And they were saying that sometimes when people like the wholesalers and the people that are shipping and transporting fish and stuff that they oftentimes don't feed them for 24 to 48 hours before, (laughs) which not sure about that, but.
0: Well, actually, that's true. Fish can go. It depends on the size of the fish, but fish don't have to be fed every day. And they can go several days without feeding. And, And psychologically, you know, we might think, oh, that's hurting the fish. But the opposite is potentially more harmful because when a fish eats... It needs more oxygen to digest and and the food. Then, when the fish uh, waste go into the water, you have heterotrophic bacteria that are breaking down that fish waste. They're consuming oxygen, and those heterotrophic bacteria are producing ammonia. And so now you have the nitrifiers, and they're consuming oxygen. So it is a good idea to uh, eliminate or drastically reduce the amount of food if you know that um, some type of the disaster is coming.
1: All right. So then, that is good advice.
0: Yeah. And the other thing to do, while you still have filtration and water movement and things like that and it relates to this, is clean the tank. Clean your filters, clean the substrate, siphon clean. Try to get as much organic material out of the water. Again, because that organic material, the bacteria are gonna degrade it. They're not gonna stop because there's no water movement or aeration in your tank. So if you have a lot of organic material you're gonna have a lot of bacterial activity and that's gonna consume oxygen and produce CO2 and produce ammonia. Two things that normally it's not a problem because you have a filter and a filtration system and aeration that's taking care of that. But if you don't have any water movement, no no bubbling, nothing like that, you wanna minimize the amount of ammonia and CO2 that's going in your water. So the first thing I recommend when when you know there's a potential for a natural disaster or some type of disaster that you're going to lose or potentially lose electricity is clean your tank. Get as much organic material out, clean the canisters, clean the filters, just you know, get get all that out of there. Your nitrifiers will be fine. You're you're not scrubbing the rock pressure washing them. You're just Siphon cleaning, cleaning up as much as you can.
1: Yes. And I think that's too, one of the things that we've talked about on one of our previous podcasts about like when you're preparing to go to vacation, go on vacation and you're going to be away from your tank. So like some of the basic maintenance things.
0: Right. That's very important. Um, and then uh now some people say have spare water available and, and, and that can be okay if you have a can of, of trash can or uh, you know, some type of, of buckets with spare water and you can do water changes, uh, that can help too. Assuming that new water, or fresh water that you have has been aerated until the power went out, then you take your old aquarium water out and uh, throw that away and put the new water in that can only go so far, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Um, But it is if you're going to change water it or thinking about change, change changing water, it's good to have the water already made up because some of the chemicals that you use to treat tap water. Are going to consume oxygen. Just in the chemical reaction so get some wa- get some new water beforehand and make sure you have it ready
1: yes i feel like water is one of the things that almost at any given point in the day in the week month whenever i always have spare jugs of water sitting around just something that i always have there
0: yeah right and and now you have to be careful about thinking well i'll have plenty of water cuz when the electricity goes out the water still stays on, and in many cases, that's true. But if you're talking about maybe the Midwest, where there is a lot of flooding, you know, typical disasters yeah. during uh, certain times of the year are flooding, Well, they're telling you, you know, don't drink the water, boil the water, things like that. And if the water's, you know, my, my motto is if the water's not good for humans, it's probably not good <laughs> for your tank. I mean, that's maybe a little strict but it's a criteria I have. If I wouldn't drink it, I'm not putting it in my fish aquarium. That um, makes sense. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't count on, on, on that. It's always better to, to prepare. And that way you don't have to panic. You remember, you're going to have to siphon the water out. So have smaller buckets because you're not going to have any electricity to pump the water any place, things like
1: that. Yes, That's a good uh, point.
0: Yeah. Then, um, the other things that can consume a lot of oxygen. Remember, plants reverse in in the dark. So, instead of producing oxygen, uh, you know they they can actually start to decay if the water if the lights are off for a long period of time. So, be careful about that. And don't add fertilizers. Don't add different bacterial products. Anything like that. Don't. Add to your chemicals and bacteria to your tank because those are all oxygen consumers, and the whole idea is to keep as much oxygen in the water as you can until the electricity comes back on. Yes,
1: I feel like that. If that's a good time, if your electricity is off, not a good time to be doing really anything with your tank. Right,
0: any anything observing. Yeah. Uh, now, if you have plants, and you have a window, uh, and you can you know, open up the window and let the plants uh, photosynthesize because they'll be producing oxygen, which can help you. You know they, they, they can they can reoxygenate the water, but you can't always count on that depending on how your tank is. And most of us try to position it so the window, the sunlight coming in from the windows, is not uh, bathing our tank in light so that we don't get excess algae um sure. and, and as hillary just said this is not really a time to do maintenance if the electricity is already off so don't be scraping off algae and just and stuff like that because that's all going to become dead organic material that the bacteria are going to start working on and as i've mentioned many times these heterotrophic bacteria they start working in 20 minutes you know they're, they're fast so uh they, they, if there's organic material there, they're going to start degrading it with or without oxygen. Yes. Uh, a Key thing to have um, is battery powered air pumps. You know, they're, they're not very expensive. The local store here has them for like $16. Yep. They last a long time. Like I say, when we were out of electricity for three days now at both... My house and the office here we have generators, and we have systems um, it, that we can string electrical cords and and have aeration and things like that. Um, but we do have the um, battery-powered small. You know, they're they're not much bigger than a old cassette recorder. Uh, Nobody knows what that is. I just. I was say, For
1: people that don't know that, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> About the size of your cell phone.
0: Yeah, this the fat cell phone. That's it. That are... <laughs> okay, have to get better analogies. Um, uh, but they work really well, and uh, the take a couple of C batteries, uh, so have batteries on hand, and they last a couple of days. The ones here. Uh, lasted really well. The other thing that we do, and just in case, uh, because we get power outages for just a small amount of time, is I have our uh, air pumps in the fish room and by the aquariums hooked up to uninterrupted power supplies, UPSs. Normally, you plug your computer in those, so when the power goes out, uh, your computer doesn't go out, and you've got time to, you know, shut down the computer and do what you need before you know whatever you were working on you just don't lose it yeah and those can be used with air pumps they're they're not going to last days they will but they'll last several hours is what i found and uh they can get you through a short period of time when the power is out without uh basically it's automatic the air pump's plugged into that the power goes off the air pump keeps on working drawing down the battery from the uninterruptible power supply, the UPSs is what they're called. So there's a uh, there's one way of doing that because out here, when it does get windy, uh, and for some reason in the small town I live in, yes, there are small towns in California, um, we we tend to have power go out for just a few hours here and there, uh, later in the fall especially, yep. or. Uh, now, you know, it is fire season, we're in the middle of a drought, everybody's using extra electricity because, uh, you know, so hot and they see is we get the rolling brownouts and usually they'll text you that that's happening. So you have somewhat of a warning, uh, but they'll just for maybe a couple hours, shut the electricity off to your building or your house. Huh. And if you're not there, what are you going to do? Well, with the uninterruptible power supplies, you're covered for a couple hours. So you just, uh, you know, much uh, less stress on you, obviously a lot less stress on your aquarium.
1: Now, speaking of stress, so if you happen to know that one of these outages is coming, would you recommend um, adding some first defense to the tank?
0: Not beforehand, no, because first defense being the vitamins and amino stimulant will, you know, it can cause bacterial action after yes once everything's back on the system's running because the fish have been stressed i would definitely add the first defense but beforehand no
1: no
0: okay. unless you're doing your less it's part of your water change just to get rid of chlorine and chloramines i would not Makes sense um what i would recommend doing what well, we've talked about cleaning it getting some uh batteries and, and power supplies and portable air pumps, um, during the power outage, you don't have to run your filter. Some people think, well, you've got to run it. You, you really don't, you're kind of in this triage mode, but what I would run is maybe some type of, uh, wave maker or power head type you know just an in tank pump that's circulating the water and agitating the surface you need to be moving the surface in water that's how you get the air exchange is by agitating the surface uh, and, and that can help with uh, with just water movement bubbles help but there's lots of studies that show that the amount of oxygen air bubbles actually add to water is small compared to the amount of oxygen that just comes in by disrupting the air surface or the water surface, so. Makes
1: sense. And if you didn't have one, and I guess if you were in a pinch, you could probably say take a clean cup and scoop water and pour it in over the top?
0: Oh, yeah, just take your hand or something and just agitate the surface. Yep, yep. Or, like you say, take a cup and pour it it down something Uh, like a a cheese grater, you want to break the water up. You don't want a big, you know, thick water film. You want to make the water as thin a film as possible and break it up. Think of what happens with a waterfall. Again, you may make a little mess, but that's how you add air is by disrupting that water and putting it in a very thin film.
1: Exactly. I feel like I'm going to about take a step back. We're talking about like air pumps and, you know, having aeration in there. Even if you have the little battery powered air pumps, if you have some spare airline tubing, that might be a good idea. I know a lot of those little battery powered guys are meant to hang on the side of like a five gallon bucket. But personally, I've experienced not having enough line to get, you know, from a good place to hang it on the side of the tank or somewhere on the tank and actually have <laughs> that line stick in the water where I want it, so.
0: Yeah, and and you should plant, well, you've got this stuff, put it all together. Go through a mock-up of having a power outage. What are you going to do? Where are you going to put it? How much line do you need? Mm-hmm. Um, I keep the batteries out of the uh, air, you know, portable air pumps, and they're in a box that says, do not touch. So nobody you know, from the office here goes and grabs them because you go to the box and it's empty because somebody says, oh, I need some batteries. That's not going to help you. No. Um, but preparation is really the key that everything's going to work and it's all in a spot. And we have basically a power out each box. That's where the air pumps are. That's where the line is. Everything's measured and marked. We know what tanks they're going to go to. Batteries are right there. Because sometimes if you leave the batteries in for a long period of time, they get that corrosion. Yep. So those little things can just make the whole process a lot easier. Okay. And just because this is Murphy's law, All this stuff happens in the dark, (laughs) you know, at night. Okay, do you have have flashlights? You know, do you you have, uh, uh, there's a nice uh, battery operated little lanterns you can get. It used to be like the Coleman lanterns when you were, when I was a kid uh, with gas and propane, you know, stuff like that. But now they're battery powered LEDs and they're lightweight and they put off a lot of light and don't take a lot of energy and last a long time. Oh, yeah. so so have that kind of stuff preparation is really the key to getting through this
1: oh yeah you know I, I lived in the Carolinas for a while during several hurricane seasons and one thing I always had like I had a setup for each of my tanks each of you know I'm like all right I know what fish are going in one bucket what bucket if I have to evacuate I've got air pumps for all of them <laughs> I was set I had uh you know if i had to leave somewhere i had some sort of media that i could put in the bottom of the buckets and the air pumps and i could just take it all with me and go
0: that's preparation
1: i was i was always (laughs) super paranoid but i mean i lived i don't know probably 10 minutes from the beach, so if a hurricane was coming through i wanted to make sure i could get out if i needed to
0: yep and one thing people have have asked is like, what about all my corals? I'm not, I can't run the lights. I'm not going to, or, you know, should I run the lights? And if you have the energy, yes, you can run the lights, but corals in nature, there are hurricanes and they do last a while with lots of heavy cloudiness. And so corals can, can live in the dark, you know, the sun's going to be up. So open up your windows or so it's not going to be completely black. Uh, So your coral should be fine uh, for several days. Uh, But definitely that's if you if you have your core extensive coral tank, I would make plans to have water movement, just water moving past the corals, because that's how they get rid of really their waste is that current moving past them. Um, Again, no feeding is needed they can go plenty of time without, without feeding.
1: Yep. So think, like what ahead. other things that I'd recommend people having just spare on? Oh, I know. Um, this is something I've recently experienced when it gets, if say you lose air conditioning <laughs> having, I like to use just like gallon jugs. That i can put water in and freeze it and then i can put those jugs they're sealed cleaned i know they're safe to go in the tank and just put those big frozen ice blocks in the tank so that might be something good to have on hand um, if you have space in the freezer
0: to keep them that's a good idea that that is a good idea That's one way to cool your tank uh, is is to have those frozen blocks yeah. I hadn't thought about that one
1: Yep, I've unfortunately lost air conditioning for about a week, twice this summer already.
0: In Las Vegas.
1: In Las Vegas, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's got to be unbearable.
1: It was a a good start to the summer.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, Some people have asked, like, what about a fan? You know, um, and and that's one way to cool a little bit your tank but fans take can take up a lot of energy it just depends on how much spare energy you have but but opening up the surface and running a f- you know having a fan blow across the surface uh, can help a little bit but again it, I mean, it depends if you have a big 150 250 gallon tank i don't think it's going to work too much that's a lot of water that you're trying to cool down oh yeah, yeah. a whole lot of water yeah. So, so, now you've, you've prepped, you've got through the, uh, the whatever it is, um, what do you do when now the electricity comes back on, the AC comes back on, what should you do? And the first thing is clean your filter, if, if it's, been, it's been sitting there clean it, rinse it, rinse the pads, get all that water out of there. If you've got a sealed canister filter, get all that water out of there. Because again, our, our friends, the bacteria haven't stopped working. They consumed all the oxygen in that canister. Once they did that, they started producing, or, or consuming nitrate or other chemicals because they keep on working and they're gonna produce something probably Uh, if the power's been out for a long time, hydrogen sulfide, which your nose is going to quickly tell you that this is something I don't want in the tank. But resist just popping that filter back on. Clean it out, rinse it out. Don't worry about the nitrifiers; Just clean everything so you don't have any of the potential toxins going back into your water. If you've got static water lines, you know, water lines, a lot of people don't ever clean they're oh. tubing and that's got a lot of dirt in it, stuff like that. And that biofilm in there is all potentially, it's all organic so it can all be broken down. So get all the water out of those stagnant water lines and start over fresh as much as you can with all that material. If you've got media in a canister, rinse that really well because all that stuff can have trapped gases that you don't want to put back into your aquarium. Yes,
1: excellent, excellent reminders.
0: And I would run the water for, run the filters, aerate for a while before feeding. You you might be, okay, the water's back, electricity's back on, let's start feeding, your your fish are going and corals are going to be okay, right? And get things running, get the filtration going, make sure the fish are doing well and then start feeding them. Don't don't you don't just start throwing food into the tank.
1: No. Like like you mentioned earlier, this would be, you know, give it a bit, but maybe this is a good time to add first defense um, you know, yeah. if they're stressed out, this will help them.
0: Exactly. Uh, Now, what what are some indications, let's step back a little bit, you're in the middle of this, you've had the power, you know, portable air pump or battery air pump, what are indications that whatever you're doing is not working? If your fish are porpoising, meaning they're, you know, kind of tail down, head up, and they're up at the surface, or they're kind of swimming around at the surface, gasping at the surface, that's a clear, that's a clear sign something's wrong. Yeah. Obviously, if they're lying on their sides at the bottom of the tank, well, that's a clear sign. Something's yeah. wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Murphy's Law is your favorite fish will be the first one that will start ter- experiencing problems. No, do so, not say that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what can you do and uh, really manually storing the tank uh, somehow... Drop the water level a little bit by taking some water out and then pour water through something as we were just talking about to really get into do a thin film and do that vigorously, vigorously do that to to add oxygen to the water you're taking water out and pouring it right back in through some type of a washboard, some type of a screen, just anything that can make it thin. Just taking it out of a bucket and pouring it back in is really not what you, is not going to help a lot. Um, In super extreme cases, it probably is better to move the fish from the aquarium water to the water that you had in the uh, buckets or uh, trash cans that you were doing water changes with because that water has no organics no substrate that has organics or things like that i mean it's an extreme measure but if your fish are, are you know laying on their sides or if your fish are up at the surface that's just a clear sign that there's you've got to take some drastic measures and that water is not a good environment for them. So get them into some, some fresh water, fresh salt water that hasn't had any organ, you know, fish in it. And that's probably going to have a lot more oxygen in it.
1: Yes. Now here's the question. And I don't know if I even have the right product. I feel like when I've seen fish shipments come in that they have, I think, is it methylene blue maybe? Right that they package them with to help with oxygen in the water? Is that, am I on track with that?
0: Well, the methylene blue is an antimicrobial to a certain degree. So Mm -hmm. you're keeping bacteria from dividing, which is when they do that, they're going to consume oxygen. So that's uh, how you're kind of helping with the oxygen.
1: Okay. So that wouldn't work. I was like, oh, well, if you take your fish out and you can put them in, you know, that spare clean water or whatever you can put some of that in the water and help with the oxygen but
0: no i mean i thought no because the other thing you could do and and this is again extreme cases is is adding the hydrogen peroxide to the water that'll aerate and that's what some of those uh, I mean there's some some devices that you know they don't they'll aerate and they claim they don't need any batteries or any electricity or stuff like that and it's all based on hydrogen peroxide and that does work okay the other the other thing to consider is salt the saltier the water the less oxygen it can hold that's just the, the physics of seawater so in your preparation if your fish and most fish can can handle a lower salinity. Yep. Consider lowering the salinity. Just just a few parts if you can, you know, from from 34 to 30 or down to 28. I mean, that's six parts out of 34. That's almost a 20% drop in salinity. And there's charts that you can go to, but you're going to get a, a big increase in the amount of oxygen the water can hold. Good. And your fish would be fine.
1: Like, I like that going back to the basic sense. I hadn't thought about that. That's a good idea.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's how we ran the hatchery because in, in the desert when I was raising was, uh you just look at your salinity. You don't have to run it at 34 and, and the oxygen levels are much higher at lower levels and most all fish can handle that. Now, what about using pure oxygen? I mean, that's how we used to ship fish. We used to uh, drive fish from uh, our farm in the Central California down to the farm in Southern California for hours in tanks. You know, And we ship fish in bags, we're using pure oxygen. I mean, that can work. Uh, you need a regulator and air, tube, air, air tubing and air stones. But if you have uh, a system that is really big, consider getting Uh, canisters of oxygen, be careful with it, but, uh, you know, it's, or they've got the breathers, you know, that produce oxygen and there's ways you can adapt that to a system. They, they actually run on electricity, some of those, but some of them are portable. So they're battery operated, something like that. There are newer ways and more uh, compact ways of generating air and oxygen from batteries and things like that, that you can adapt to your fish tank.
1: All sorts of possibilities.
0: Yeah. So uh, the the main thing you're trying to do is how can I get through this until the power comes back on? Power comes back on if we said, clean the filters as much as tubing as all that stuff, get the system running and stabilized. Then you can start feeding. If you've got a heavy plant tank, coral tank, get the lights back on, get photosynthesis going. That's nature's way of aerating. And then don't just think everything's great. Okay, power's back on, everything's great. Observe your fish, observe your animals because they've been stressed. So are they gonna start breaking down? The first defense is a great way to help combat any potential stress, but observe them to see if they start getting blotches, if their fins start getting frayed and then figure out what action you're gonna take. because as with any type of disease, if you catch it early enough, you can generally successfully treat. It. Yes.
1: And something else that you can do very, very uh, proactively, if you're listening to this podcast right now, go through and take this as a reminder to tidy up and clean up your tank, clean up those uh, hoses that are going in between your tank and your filters you know make sure that your pumps are you know clean and will start back up when the power comes back on make sure that you have all of the stuff do a good cleaning of your substrate or your gravel
0: yeah uh preventative maintenance it'll definitely uh save you a lot of time and a lot of grief and a lot of stress yes and, and now's the time you know you, you you read about you know the hurricanes coming or or you know the heat wave or something like that and everybody's at the store D- don't wait till everybody's at the store getting batteries and flashlights get get your your kit here in California everyone has an earthquake kit you know you're supposed to be able to have water and flashlights things like that for a couple of days do the same thing right now for your aquarium get a kit together, mark so the you know f- rest of the family doesn't steal stuff from it. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, clean buckets and things like that and be prepared. And it makes just a world of difference to be prepared. Can't stress that enough.
1: Nope, not at all. Now, in addition to First Defense, are there any of our other products that you would recommend, obviously not before because we've talked about that, but after um, things come back up online
0: well i I would recommend the waste away to you know it's to get rid of all those organics you've got good aeration just to, to take care of any uh but organics that haven't been degraded completely and uh then maybe some of the one and only because you might have areas where you're going to be producing uh high amounts of ammonia for a little bit of time you know the bacteria can get stressed if you had areas where a little bit of hydrogen sulfide was being produced. Hydrogen sulfide is one of the few things that can kill nitrifiers. Um, Luckily, your test kits will tell you you've been circulating the water. Do a quick ammonia nitrite test. And if you've got those in the water, considering adding some of the nitrifying bacteria to get just to boost the the biological filter.
1: That's a good point.
0: Um, Other than that, um i mean those are those are the three ones the first defense can really really help we use that as a bagging solution um so definitely that's my go-to after any type of incident where there's potentially uh stressed fish no um heat that you know there's a lot of out here in the west heat's the big uh thing and If you lose your, if you lose your AC, say, you know, it's not a a quote world or a regional disaster, but you just lose your AC. uh, (laughs) What are you going to tell us, Hillary?
1: It's (laughs) awful. It's miserable.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You live where the nighttime temperatures are a hundred degrees. Yes. Um, um, And I, uh, I mean, a fan can help or, or maybe, you know, like you say, frozen water, uh, try to keep that down um
1: you know somebody recommended to me when I was sharing that I had all these issues that they used to wrap their tanks like any sort of insulating material like cardboard or bubble wrap and then blankets that they used to put around it that that would help to hold the temperatures in I'm not sure if they meant that for heat or just cold or both but
0: Something. Well, no, it's both. Because w- one thing about water is that it's, it's uh, I'm going to get this, like the latent heaters, there's a term for the f- fact that if you say you had a tank that's two foot by four foot by two foot, that amount of air can quickly change temperature. But because you've got, you know, that amount of water, Water does not change temperature fast. It holds that temperature. Holds so, it just think about it. You know, if you put cold water in a thermos, it stays cold. If you put hot water in the same thermos, it stays hot. The, the thermos doesn't care whether the water is cold or hot. It's just insulating it. And so, the person that told you that that's not a bad idea. You can, you know, get some of that thick styrofoam and in, and basically insulate your tank because the water won't lose the coolness that it has as fast because it's not being affected by the heat as because it has to go through the insulation now i don't know about vegas where the daytime temperatures are 114 <laughs> and you don't have air conditioning but it's worth a shot but it's you know it, it It's people sometimes wonder, well, how does the thermos know it's hot or cold? Well, it doesn't care whether it's hot or cold. It's going to insulate the inside from the outside. So that's, and water is one of those, you know, it's great because it does hold the temperature, whatever it has quite well. You know,
1: you're uh, talking about this and I was like, you know, I should have known that when I do all my scuba diving and stuff, like you get in the water, you're going to lose body heat much quicker. The Water will stay its temperature.
0: Yeah, you know, even if you wear a a surf suit, you know, a skinny suit, uh, something over your skin, you're going to retain your heat a lot longer than if you're just, you know, in a bathing suit with no protection at all, because a lot more of your skin is uh, exposed to the water, which is generally, you know, cooler, unless you're out in the Florida Keys, that water can be hot. But, uh, uh, so, uh and and with your aquarium if you have a big tank you probably have pretty thick uh, glass or plastic which is a decent insulator but you don't have anything on top that's where you're going to lose most of the cool temperature from the water is through the top so at least you could insulate the surface um, but now you got to think. Well, how do I aerate if I'm insulating the surface? And there's where you've got to maybe have a little space there, and and vigorously aerate, and, you know, agitate and move the water. But in extreme cases, yeah, turning your tank at, you know into the inside of a thermos is not a bad idea like that.
1: Yep. The only thing I don't like about that is not being able to see the fish if I do have my tank wrapped up in blankets. <laughs>
0: Yeah. You can't forget them. You, you know, that's why I say, you got to be looking at your fish, a flashlight uh, and see where they are. And if they're coming up to the surface and how things are doing, so you, you can be prepared. Yep. yep.
1: Yep. And if it's just your air conditioning that you've lost and you haven't already turned off the lights, go ahead and turn off the lights.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, that will save you yep. as well.
0: So as we've mentioned many times, though, the real key is preparation. Um, You know, plan things. uh, Do a dry run. Make sure you have everything you need and you know where it is and you know how to set it up. And uh, try not to to panic and uh, try to, you know, uh, you can generally get through this. I can't. Okay. promise in extreme cases, but it's it's better than just throwing up your hands and going, I don't know what to do. What am I going to do? Type yep. of thing.
1: Just take a deep breath, step at a time. You'll get through it.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, uh, years ago, I, I managed a fish farm out in the desert. We used liquid oxygen and we would lose power. We had a backup generator, but even that wasn't enough because we were raising fish at high densities, one and a half pounds of fish per gallon of water. And uh, so we would actually had this wheel with spokes on it, the tanks were round and it would drop down in this, the spokes were uh, these airline tubings and the liquid oxygen, you know, we had several of these tanks that look like missiles. They just turn on the liquid oxygen and it would aerate the water. That's pretty cool. So, there are there are ways, and you you know you can uh, uh, nice conversation maybe to have on our social media is different ideas that people have and share with everyone about how you've gotten through some of these these incidents uh, out here. It's mostly battery backup uh, and portable oxygen uh, air pumps.
1: So. Yep. So, if you're listening to this, do connect with us on social media, Facebook, Instagram. We love talking to you and love hearing your successes for these things. You know, they can be daunting and intimidating, but, you know, the more information that we share and get out there in the community, hopefully, the more success everyone will have as a whole.
0: Yeah. Uh, Thanks, everyone. And please write in with your ideas and suggestions on, on this topic and others and uh, we always enjoy reading our the emails and talking with people and we're we've been to a couple of shows already and we've got some more for the rest of the year with the reef of Paloozas and aqua shellas and things like that so please stop by if you're going to be at one of these and say hi
1: yep and if you have questions, I totally forgot, go ahead and submit your questions because we are going to be doing our Q&A podcast, I believe it's next week. So if yeah. you've got those questions, go ahead and get them submitted so we can include them in our next podcast.
0: Great. All right, thanks, everyone. This is Dr. Tim and Hillary. Until next time, good fish